but the all-time one was Joe said he was trying to say Kentucky Fried Chicken, and he said Kentucky. And so <laughs> Molly pointed out and laughed at him. And then Matthew made like a techno song out of it and re- and put it in the episode because uh, Joe was like, oh, call attention to it. And then Matthew made a song out of it. Oh, my where gosh. Play, where we didn't know that, so I was just listening. And then it, and then that just started. fried chicken welcome to the noah's love podcast i am father michael and this week molly is ministering to youths in colorado for a lead a retreat for a franciscan conference and then i think i could say this because it's already happening is a bridal shower that i think is a surprise but she might know about it i'm not sure but uh <laughs> there's a bridal shower um and uh so i'm joined by two different people joined by Regular guest, Johan, still lives here. Yeah. And newly moved into the house as of yesterday. Yes. Father Josh <laughs> Erickson. What a radio voice. Yes. <laughs> that is not my normal voice. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Father Josh. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. You, you did, well, you probably did know because you've been here before that there's a Blanket Fort podcast studio in your basement now. Yes. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Blanket fort. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's cozy. It is cozy. Mm-hmm. Sponsored by Hot Dogs and Taylor Swift. Oh, oh I missed the Taylor Swift. Oh, there she is. How yeah. can you miss that? Okay. <laughs> Two weeks ago, that cutout of Taylor Swift moved on its own while we were recording and scared us badly. <laughs> <laughs> she just like started leaning down. Yeah. So, since Father Josh has newly arrived, he is the new parochial vicar here. Father Nick has moved to the south. Um, Father Josh is the new parochial vicar here. He will be the new chaplain at the high school where Molly and I have been working together. Um, so we, this is a perfect time to have you on. Yeah, sounds good. Just You're Excited. not even unpacked, really. No, the, the boxes <laughs> are in the house. Yeah, that, that's a big <laughs> We'll step. put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Good. And so... You make you'll get asked to get on to be on here from time <laughs> to time probably. Um, it's nice having a, a cast of people that are happy to be recorded in the in the basement. So we kind of want to talk about uh, knows love is all about obviously knowing God's love. So maybe just how God's shown His love to you in His life, and maybe start with like maybe how did you first encounter God as like growing up. As, as a person, as somebody to know. Sure. Well, I was a cradle Catholic growing up, so it's not like it's not like I had this big, you know, uh, no idea about God and then, you know, met him in my later years type thing. It was kind of part of my life just growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But obviously, you know, there's a difference between like growing up and and doing, you know, the Catholic thing because, you know, that's what my family did and like actually really making it my own, you know. Um, So in the sense of making it my own, that probably didn't really that probably didn't really come till, I don't know, 14, 15 uh, years old, you know. Um, Yeah, wanting I think I think a big one of the big things for me at the time um so i read i was 15 and i read augustine's confessions <laughs> whoa yeah i know <laughs> not the typical story just a right? normal 15 <laughs> year old kid yeah i was right next to calvin and Hobbes, you know and, and picked up augustine's confessions uh no well part of it was I, I was i'm really close with my dad and my dad um you know was kind of I shouldn't say like having a conversion or anything because he was always very, you know, very Catholic, but definitely having kind of a more of an awakening or I don't know, you know, getting getting more in, into his faith. And he had been for a while. And so he started sharing some of that with me. Um, and so reading scripture every day and then reading. Uh, I can't remember why he recommended Augustine's confessions, you know, probably because it affected him a lot when he read it. Uh yeah, so I read that, and I think it was Augustine's Search for the Truth that mm. really resonated with me. Um, you know, this this idea that wanting to know what is true. Uh, and so I kind of made that my, like, you know, little mission, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and so started really delving into the faith. And, of course, you know, for anyone who has, you know, just picked up Augustine's Confessions and read it. Uh, for anyone who knows, of course, for Augustine, the truth is a person, you know, it's Christ, it's God. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you know, he has that great, great quote also, O beauty ever ancient, ever new, ever new, you know, long have I, what was it, search for you, I think. Um, that's the paraphrase anyway. <laughs> yeah, good translation. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 the Erickson translation uh, <laughs> from the original Latin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that idea, so I would say coming to know God's love was a process of, okay, what is truth? delving into truth, coming to know that truth is actually not a what, but a who, Mm. (laughs) that's a person, and that that person's also love. And that was obviously Mm. a process that took, you know, a while, but that's kind of how it really began. And uh, yeah, so that's, that that was kind of the defining, defining moment. Um, So eventually, I don't know how much history you want, but... Yeah, we'll take all of it. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. So, so this life story of of Father Josh. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so after doing that, uh, then kind of going hand in hand, trying to read scripture every day, trying to pray a little bit every day, and getting to know that, that kind of the person of God and realizing he's not, yeah, he's not just this abstract facts, you Mm -hmm. know, this is true or this is the right way to live, but that, that, uh that he loves me, that he loves us, and that there's a relationship there. Um, so that kind of went hand in hand, and then eventually going into into college, um, I studied philosophy and theology, which of course makes sense, right? That search for the truth. Uh, well, f- at first I didn't even study theology, but again, it was like what I had in high school, kind of re, you know, wanting, wanting that truth and then finding the person, and so eventually more into theology and eventually into seminary and eventually into priesthood, and now I'm here doing this <laughs> podcast. So. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you like to pray? Like, what, is, what have been kind of the big— Oh, man. <laughs> uh, the big ways that you—yeah, that you've spent time with God through your life— yeah, I, well, I would say definitely more so early on was very much with the scriptures. 
um, kind of that. I wouldn't have known it at the time, but the Ignatian style, if you're familiar with that, you know, very imaginative, kind of reading the scripture and allowing that to kind of lead me lead me into into prayer. Um, I'd say as time has gone on, um, and again, that, that, that relationship aspect, I feel very, I feel much more comfortable just, you know, now mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, talking to God uh, like a friend. I would say that was always, that was always there. But I feel more comfortable now just kind of getting into the, to the meat, to the gritty details of my day mm-hmm. <laughs> with him, uh, where, where definitely early on, I kind of needed that springboard uh, with the scriptures. Um, you know, I'm talking years, years ago, but mm-hmm. I mean, praying with the scriptures is really helpful now, especially with like the Psalms. But yeah, I would say probably the biggest thing for me, now that I think about it, this would have been way back in, in when I was, when I was a teenager too, was learning how to just talk to God like I talked to one of my friends. Uh, and that was probably the most beneficial thing, mm-hmm. uh, doing it that way. Um, and that relationship growing deeper because of it. Yeah, that's awesome. I I really think it's, I tell people that all the time. Uh, like, if somebody struggles with praying, it's like you just need to share what's in your heart. Why do you guys think that's so hard, or why? Like, why does it take hmm. sort of practice and growth? Because I know I I can easily fall into saying formulas or yeah, trying to conjure a feeling or something. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess I'll I'll answer and then I'll let Joe answer. <laughs> I'll <laughs> cut you off. Uh, <laughs> He looked like he was thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I think for me, one of the reasons, and I would assume other people feel the same way, is it can be so easy to see God as like this figure that expects so much of us. Mm. Um, And it's kind of hard to have a vulnerable, like, you know, just bro conversation <laughs> i don't know if that's that's <laughs> you know what i mean Ignatius yeah. talk about that the, uh, the bro conversation bro, that, that's the irks of translation <laughs> <laughs> um yeah bro conversation it's hard to have that if if you're having this feeling like oh i need to perform for this guy mm-hmm. you know um which i don't think is the relationship god really wants us to have but i think it's really easy to fall into that yeah uh so it's like it, it's hard to not you know, kind of put up a bit of the facade a bit mm-hmm. with God because, oh, I want him to be happy with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one of the the trip-ups for me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Prayer is just such a, like a whole world to me. It, there's so much that goes into it because it's not just a conversation. Uh, it's an entire relationship. It's all of who you are and all of who God is. There's a moment in Great Expectations, uh, the book by Charles Dickens, where the main character meets the mysterious benefactor that's been helping him out for kind of the last 15 years, and it's someone totally different than who he expected. And so he meets him, and here's this guy just beaming at Pip, you know, seeing all that he's helped him to be, and and having known all along, been, been updated about what was going on in his life. And Pip sees this guy, and he's like... Hi. <laughs> like, what, what do you say to this guy who knows everything about you, mm-hmm. who is the reason you are who you are and you've done what you've done? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. And, and he just wants to talk to Pip about anything, everything. Uh, but that's just kind of hard for Pip to process because there's it, just, it's so much. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, eventually they just have a very simple conversation. And so I think the Lord is 
very happy to have kind of whether it's a some kind of complex theological meditation that's inspiring to us in the moment, whether it's kind of sharing the frustrations that that have been going on in our day, our anxieties, but like just all of our life. And so it's prayer is almost like trying to fit all of life into a funnel and and also just like devotion and you know, the rosary and other expressions of piety and any time you go to prayer I don't know. Even if you give it a full hour in a day, there's there's just so much you're trying to fit through, and I don't know. It's an overwhelming experience. Not that it's overwhelming when you're sitting there in play, prayer. Normally, it's just kind of distracted. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's just kind of larger than life almost. Yeah, I think the if if we think of prayer as this uh, experience of like getting ourselves ready and then stepping out in front of that, like oh, holy cow, it's God. Not a holy cow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> holy God. It's God. Um, um, but, uh, like, but I like the, like, he's always there. He sees all the other stuff. He sees the, like, not uh, intentionally pious uh, attitude that we mm-hmm. can put on mm-hmm. when pr- in prayer. And, uh, yeah, maybe that's just a helpful thing to remember. You're going through your day. He saw you, like cuss out somebody that cut you off in traffic and he he saw you like help somebody all that is part of you know you're you're bringing yourself that that he already knows but that can be it can definitely be very intimidating how did you feel father josh like god calling you to be a priest where did that come from oh man um well i'd say so the first time well i wanted to be a priest as long as i could remember oh cool um yeah. Now, so uh, talking That's to, cheating. I think the first time I said something about it, my my uncle, I said it, so my uncle's a priest. He wasn't mm-hmm. a priest at the time. I, I think he was in seminary at the time, but I was probably three years old. Uh, so before I can remember. Now that changed once I hit like, you know, the teen years, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> and did not, yeah, didn't want, didn't want to be a priest. And, uh, but then it came back again in college. Um, and I think, I think what the biggest thing for me was a desire, a desire to want to um, live the most fulfilling life, uh, a desire um, for meaning and for fulfillment. I, I was tired of, of you know, feeling dry or feeling mm. like what I was doing didn't really matter. And if, you know, we only have one life to live, right? I wanted to, like, make the shot count, <laughs> so to speak. Um and I think that's a powerful way God is also related to me is, you know, through that he He is the one thing that truly matters. You know, he matters the most and our relationship with him matters the absolute most. And so out of all the great things I could have potentially done or wanted to do, uh, bringing people to God, uh, helping them grow closer to God, spreading his kingdom, all of that, that you know, that's going to have the most lasting value. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I thought it would be the most um, fulfilling. Uh, So that was kind of the initial, that was the initial pull. Yeah. And then once I got into seminary, you know, there's a whole process of discernment and prayer and everything. Is God really, you know, is this really God who's calling you and and everything and then letting go of all the little resistances and Mm -hmm. everything else. So, so yeah, it wasn't like it was just a done deal. Okay. Yeah. A hundred percent. But, but that was definitely the main attractive part of it. Why a diocesan priest? 
Good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the answer to that would probably be because at the time I was going to the seminary, I didn't really know any better. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, as I've kind of as as I was in seminary, and then after being ordained, I've definitely, um, I'm definitely pretty sure that that was God's plan. I think the biggest thing that this was explained to me, it was explained to me after I was ordained, but it very much resonated was that, you know, someone, someone called to religious life is usually called to a particular charism, you know, or maybe even a particular community, you know, you have a really good experience or feel really drawn to this particular, you know, community in a certain order. Uh, But for diocesan, it's to a particular place and a particular people. And that was very much the case for me, that um, feeling called to Steubenville and to the people of Steubenville. Um, now, I grew up here, so that's, that's you know, that's that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. But uh, very much feeling—and again, it, it was that same feeling of like, okay, I have one life to live, right? Where, if I'm going to be a priest, what people would I want to help the most? If I'm going to be a priest, where would I want to pour my life out? Um because originally I was actually I was actually studying for a different diocese, as you know, because you were my vocational. Director. I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was studying for the diocese of Colorado Springs, um, in Colorado, and uh, just for the first two years of seminary, but feeling that call back home, uh, that that if I really wanted to give my life as a priest, if I wanted to pour my life out as Christ did, where would I want it to be? And it was of all places in the Ohio Valley, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> I came back and I'm here. Yeah. And we we're glad you are. I am too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and just so a lot of a lot of, you know, affirmation from the Lord that this is where he's directed me. But yeah, I'd say it wasn't like I had everything figured out beforehand. Oh, well, this is why Dios instead of religious and this is why. No, no, no. I was more I was just kind of following him one step at a time. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of my experience. It's like, well, that's diocesan priest is quote unquote the like normal priesthood and uh and you can argue that depending on which priest you met. <laughs> but, uh, um, but it was just like it felt very natural to be in the place where I'm from and mm-hmm. the people that I've grown up around. This is this is a unique experience. Three people in this room all grew up here. Mm. Oh, doesn't, doesn't... is that not normal for the podcast? Probably not. Did Cece Lebetti grow up here? She did. That's oh, true. Okay. She's Joe's competition for being on here the most, oh. besides me and Molly. Okay. Yeah. And I think she's winning, but oh, I don't know. My nemesis. <laughs> it's you, her, and Zach are the kind of like the three most regular guests. Mm-hmm. I have two nemeses now. I didn't realize about <laughs> Zach. What you said reminded me about something, because you said that it was very much kind of this search for what would make your life the most meaningful, what would be the most meaningful. And I remember a couple years ago we were talking and you were describing, or I think you were saying this to another priest, that it's kind of like with marriage, we, we, we're all called to both a life of joy and a life of the cross and suffering with and for Christ and persevering for him. And so in marriage, a lot of the joys and benefits are kind of presented up front and God almost sneaks the cross in because obviously it's a joy to be married and, and have a family, have kids, but it means a lot of these late nights and change diapers and a million things that you're not, that's, that tends not to be what you're thinking of when you're first starting to date and, and planning your wedding. With the priesthood, it's almost the reverse, you said, where a lot of the crosses are presented up front. 
you go through six years plus of seminary and you're an associate pastor and you go through all the difficulties and it's almost like the things that are really fulfilling and meaningful are hidden and you only get to those once you're actually ordained. Uh, and I think then you'd shared just a, a couple of those, but what would you say now have been some of those most fulfilling experiences in oh. your three years of priesthood now? Four. 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 Yes. Wow. Four years. Yes. Um, that's a great question. Uh, I, I know this is going to sound cliche, but it's it was the thing I actually it's the thing I looked forward to most as a seminarian about being a priest. And I would say as being a priest, it's the number one thing, and I just have to say it, and that's that's celebrating the mass. And I know that sounds cliche, but that's oh yeah yeah I know <laughs> right. No, okay, great. listen, it's called Know His Love podcast. Okay, <laughs> yes, all right. Uh, no, but I would say that's probably probably the primary way or one of one of the most powerful ways I experienced God's love now mm-hmm. as a priest. Now, part of that was before I was a priest going to mass, I felt a very I felt God's love very strongly when mm-hmm. I would go to mass. Um, even even <laughs> even those masses that weren't necessarily celebrated the best, you know, mm-hmm. but it was still the mass and the Eucharist was there and Christ was there. That was part of feeling called to be a priest. So, as a priest, I would say that's 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 the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I didn't see coming, but which has definitely been a very big source of joy, is uh, hearing confessions. Uh, well, forgive, forgiving, absolving sins. The hearing, the hearing, <laughs> the confessions part isn't necessarily the, the joy. You know, I mean, it's it's good, but yeah, being able to be there uh, for people in those moments, being that, yeah, that's just been been huge um shoot let me think Th- those are probably the two biggest ones and i know they're probably cliches because they're sacraments but yeah those have really i would say i would say another one too that really caught me off guard um is just how appreciative people can be yeah um like much more appreciative of priests and of me than I was of priests before I was a priest, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and and willing to share like, you know, how how grateful they are, how much you've helped them or touched them or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like how much and that was a big, that's been a big joy because it was something I didn't really expect to that extent at all. I mean, what's that verse in the scripture where Christ says, you know, whoever, you know, forsakes, you know, why family, children, lands for my sake, mother, father, children, lands for my sake will gain back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could say that's that's true. And it's in a different way, but it's definitely true and in a way that completely blew my expectations out of the water. Um, I wasn't expecting that. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that is really... I think a surprise as a priest. There's things that you see as like, oh, that'll be great, but God goes way beyond that, and often I think, uh, I don't know, yeah, just gives back whatever that the hundredfold. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. That's my translation. I'm not sure which fold <laughs> he actually says, but yeah, um, but yeah, that it's five thousand fold. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's often surprising. It sometimes it feels five thousand fold. Yeah, like sometimes you get those really great moments of like, oh gosh, like things where, you know, you showed up and you did your thing and God works in a way bigger way than, than, uh, you could possibly know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's almost like, that's not, that's not an experience that 
oh, well, I've experienced that like two or three times this year. That's mm-hmm. like almost a weekly experience. Well, wow. mm-hmm. you know, of just maybe that's an exaggeration, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I just mean, I almost feel like that's kind of a regular part of a priest's life, though. Mm-hmm. It, it, maybe not to like the, this huge amount, but, you know, we're showing up and doing your thing. Yeah. <laughs> but then God working in mm-hmm. ways that are kind of surprisingly beyond what you really expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that is that's that's like a weekly thing, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's something I f- feel like I've heard a number of times from priests that that's a really helpful thing for them because it's easy. You're doing the same thing. You're showing up and doing your thing many many times, and so naturally it becomes a bit routine. But getting to see the admiration in other people's eyes and the appreciation for what the Lord is doing. It also helps you, I imagine, to mm-hmm. to see what is happening, just what a gift it is to them. Oh what yeah, a gift God is giving. It's good to be shaken up and and because you, I mean, you can be a miserable priest uh, and just go through the motions of all these things, but when you see uh, how it's effective, just in the sense of like God shows up way more than you can expect. Um, it's good to be shaken mm-hmm. out of your routine and to to see it kind of with fresh eyes. I think part of that is, just as you were saying that, what I was thinking was, you know, part of maybe the temptation to be the the miserable priest, right, who's just doing his thing, is because when, at least this is my experience, when we're we're doing the priest thing, we're very much in contact with our humanity. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like the heavens open, the trumpets are blaring, or anything. Like, and so it can feel very much, you know, these are prayers I've done how many times, you know? Yeah, yeah. and yeah, they're nice prayers, but it's like, it's me who's saying them. Like, how how great can this actually be? Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not feeling that on fire right now, you yeah. know, but you do it and you do it faithfully, you have trust. And the effectiveness is like, oh, wow, okay, God, God showed up, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's really awesome. But if you don't have that, that faith or trust or just kind of, I think you could get kind of cynical. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. If you were encouraging someone to, they want to grow closer to God, Mm -hmm. they want to know his love, what would you say to them? Um, I would say two things. I would recommend two things to try to schedule into their life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, If they haven't already, there's probably a lot of people already do this, but I would say try to read a little bit of scripture every day. doesn't have to be a lot, bite-sized chunk. It's called God's Word because he speaks to us through it. <laughs> so if you want to know what he's saying or actually have a relationship with him, listening to him is helpful. Um, and the other thing is setting aside 10 minutes a day for silent prayer. Uh, or time, and when I say silent, I mean not do, like, like not, um, you know, not, not a memorized prayer, mm-hmm. right? So either talking to God as a friend, spending time, you know, yeah, just mental prayer, right? Uh, so I would say a little bit of scripture, 10 minutes a day, and uh, a little bit consistently is a lot more helpful than a heck of a lot rarely, right? Yeah. Uh, especially in that relationship growing. And the reason I say that is because, so all the way back to when I was 14, 15, that's what I started doing, and uh, and and now I'm wearing a collar, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it works. So I'm a, I'm a, yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of, like, because it gave... I gave God an inch, and now looking back at that, like, 
then it was like, oh my gosh, 10 whole minutes, Mm -hmm. like 10 whole minutes, you know? (laughs) Uh, And now it seems like so small, but you give God a little bit of an inch and um, you'll know his love, you know? And that makes all the difference. (laughs) Wow. What a tie-in. That's a plug. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks, Phil. Thank you. I'll be here all (laughs) (laughs) So we we end the podcast every week by individually sharing a way that God has loved us lately. Um, and that can be anything from an incredible spiritual experience to um, fast food that you ate that day. Like, mm. So it's it could be anything. We'll, we'll let you go last. Okay. So I'm going to start with Joe, and we'll go with, and then we'll, we'll work to Father Josh. So Joe, how has God loved you lately? Mm. I'd say Big Mike and Edna, for sure. Yeah, last week I got to be on a, a trip with four good friends. We were just kayaking down the Ohio, and there's one day we we pulled off uh, in New Martinsville, and we'd been told about an all-you-can-eat buffet, and we'd kayaked for like six hours. We were so hungry, and we got there, and they had like 15 minutes left, uh, and so we were we were kind of panic there wasn't going to be enough time to to eat so we're we're piling up these plates eating as quickly as possible and then there's like a couple sitting at the next table we're the only customers left there and they start talking to us and i kind of get impatient i'm like there's no time to talk we need to eat as fast as physically possible Uh, and the staff was very kind and and really said like take your time um but it was some of the other guys that were started slowing down and and talking with big mike and edna and it it ended up just being a, a really good 20 minute conversation just very friendly connection uh, and then at the end, we kind of mentioned we were on a pilgrimage of sorts and, and praying as we went, asked for intentions. And at the end of that, as we were going out, they said, oh, don't worry about the bill. Big Mike and Edna covered you. Mm. And it was just one of those acts of kindness where it was it was them being kind, but also just seeing the Lord timing that right and timing it, despite all of my anxieties, where I thought we needed to do something and, I, and we didn't have time for the people God was putting in our lives, but... But yeah, so God just saying, no, slow down. I will take care of things. And yeah. Beautiful. That's really great. Um, I would say for me, God's loved me lately. So as I said, Father Nick moved out uh, the other day and Father Josh moved in yesterday. So it's lots of transition here. But um, but over all of it, it's just like excitement of God doing things in the parish that we don't... Um, yeah, we don't have to be afraid. And we last night we went uh, along with Father Matthew, my brother, down to First Friday, the big street festival, and I think talked to the whole city of Steubenville. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was the, I was utterly socially exhausted at the end, but it was so good, and people just commenting how excited they are for the priests that are here and kind of the energy that's going mm-hmm. on in in our parishes, and that is a beautiful thing. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, so Father Josh. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned uh, that because that was literally the thing I was I was going to say. You're allowed. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and specifically, so uh, specifically though, one of the one of the people, well, one of the couples that I ran into at at the you know first Fridays um, thing, which I totally wasn't expecting, was uh, John and Aaron Malloy, who live in Florida but were up visiting family. Um, and I'm close close uh, friends with their with their family, and I spent a lot of time hanging out with them in high school and hanging out with them in college. Uh, and then pretty much um, shortly after college, I haven't seen, I mean, I'm, I think I've seen John once or twice over all of those years. And I don't think I've 
ever hung out with Aaron and I ran into him there, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, the last time I had, <laughs> the last time I remember uh, being around them, I was holding their, their, their oldest, their newborn, Anthony, uh, and you know, tiny, tiny little baby on my shoulder. And now they tell me he's, he's my height, you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was awesome being there with all these people, you know, and like you said, excited for the priesthood, excited, you know, with the parish and everything and meeting all these people. Cause mm-hmm. I'm new in the parish too. And then seeing just these old friends that I haven't seen in absolute years uh, and being able to spend time with them. It was, yeah, just a lot of, um, yeah, God, God was working and it was very, very, very nice. So Fantastic. Well, thank you for being on, even as you unpack your boxes and all that stuff. You right. made time yes. for the podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was a good distraction. Good. Yes. Mm. And uh, I'm sure people will be hearing from father josh again sometime soon i'm sure they will yeah so we will see you next time when molly's back bye everybody bye bye